put your hands and just ask the Lord to lead you by his spirit. Come on, let's pray that prayer right now. Lord, lead me by your spirit this year. This year, God, lead me by your spirit. beside me ever desired to go beyond what you could see come on talk back to me just for a second you ever desired to go beyond what you could see I'm a witness to you right now that if you would but just call to him I love what Peter says one of the inspirations of this very song that we sing Lord if it be you me to come I don't know who I'm talking to at this very moment but some of you are standing on the precipice of doing something that nobody in your family has ever done you're standing right on the brink of doing something everybody said you could not do and all it takes is for you to look at the sovereign and say Lord if it be you then just bid me to come I know I can't afford it I know I don't have the education for it I know nobody says that I can but if you bid me to come I'll walk on water I'll do the impossible I'll and I just declare that you will and I hear the spirit telling me to tell this to you today and you know exactly who you are it does matter it does matter you ask yourself this week does it even matter the Spirit is telling me right now. He hasn't given me the particulars of the, your conversation. So I don't know your business, but I hear the Lord telling me to tell you right now that it does matter. It does matter. If you, if you had to know, if you, if you were wondering whether it mattered or not, the Holy Ghost says it does matter. It does matter. It does matter. Yeah, does it even matter? Does it even matter? you know what you and the Lord were talking about and I hear him saying yes it does yes it does yes it does yes it does Father God in the name of Jesus as we approach your living word as we approach the very word that gives us life Father God I pray that you would energize us I pray that you would strengthen us even as we have approached this sixth day of fasting, God, some of us are weak in our bodies. Some of us can barely stand in the physical. But I declare we're taller in the spirit. We're taller in the spirit. We, we, we're, our reach is magnifying. God, we thank you that our sight is being sharpened and clarity is coming to us and so father i pray that you would as your word declares quicken our mortal bodies quicken our mortal bodies by your spirit 
for the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak so father god i declare divine strength over these your people and even as we go into the final day of fasting god we will claim victory in the name of jesus there shall be no loss among us and we declare father god even in this new year there shall be no lack among us for you shall divinely supply according to your need according to your riches and glory every need shall be supplied according to your riches in glory and so now open our hearts minds and ears and we receive the word you have for us on today as we start this season of preaching and teaching god let it be effective in the ears hearts minds and spirits of your people that it may entreat change and it is so in jesus name amen amen again just just put your hands together and give god praise right there hallelujah hallelujah i tell you what i'm honored to pastor this church i'm honored to be a part of a house that knows how to tap into the presence of god i'm honored to be a part of a people that that has every intention of every time they meet together of touching heaven hallelujah amen amen thank you worship leaders we appreciate you band we love you we honor you do me a favor, the person next to you, we won't do this throughout the sermon, but I think it, 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 it is necessary at this day. Uh, just tell your neighbor, I'm glad you made it. Uh, on either side, I'm glad you made it. I'm glad you made it. So, I'm really, listen, no, seriously, I'm glad you made it. I'm glad you made it. Amen. Especially, especially you fasted folks. Some of y'all, y'all, y'all shedding pounds and you lightheaded. Hey man, I got some vitamin water zero in the back for you if you need it. Hey man, I ain't gonna have nobody fainting today. Glory to God. Minister DeMarcus got both of his. He ready. Glory to God. But let me tell you something. Anytime you deny yourself of temporal things, eternal things are being multiplied to you. And I I, I feel like I feel like there's at least don't, don't laugh at me, Mijan, but I feel this. I feel like there's at least seven people that by the end of this fast, there will be major addictions in your life that will be broken, never to return to you again. I heard that number. You, you fasted for seven days. And it might be people that didn't even fast. But I hear God saying that there are going to be seven people at the response of God's people coming together. There will be at least seven people that have, will have major addictions that will be broken after the ninth and they will never relapse they will never go back they will never touch it again now just praise them like it's your family praise them like it's your because it's broken i hear god to somebody just shout total deliverance i hear that we're in a prophetic house so we got to say what the spirit is saying i hear It'll, it'll be instant. It ain't going to be no steps. Somebody asked him, how many steps was it? Just one. I stepped away. <laughs> I ain't got seven. I ain't got five. I ain't got 12. I just got one. Because somebody interceded for me. Somebody tarried in the spirit. 
somebody went hungry somebody starved themselves somebody denied themselves it matters church it matters don't listen I don't know how many plates I had to turn down this week y'all pray for me this has been one of the hardest fast ever I I told my wife like I I, I consider myself a, a, a professional faster you know I, I you know we, we didn't fast y'all remember who, who was here in heavenly vision when we fasted 40 days one year who, remember, who remembers that a couple of you remember that we fasted 40 days one year 21 days so seven I mean we didn't did 10 and so seven that's nothing man I can knock that out that's a breeze I can I can knock out seven the first day my knees started shaking and I started smelling stuff that I ain't smelled all and immediately the spirit began to talk to me and say I need you to understand this is the vigor that I need you to want my spirit this year because what I'm trying to do in your life okay listen all right, watch this. Here, here, here you go, Demarcus. I declare that on the other side of this fast, God is going to send blessing your way the same way he sent food your way. Okay, ain't nobody go, okay, all right. Like, it was new stuff. Okay, I, I'm going to let me tell you know how I'm in the spirit. Because some of y'all will offer stuff you ain't never even had before. Stuff that you don't even like. Folks started offering it to you, and your appetite start like, maybe... telling you I'm right there with you honey I'm right there with you but there is going to be an urgency in the spirit and as we have denied ourselves I promise you y'all y'all thought we see miracles already man the, the second every day of this fast I begin testimonies I can't even share all of them but God is moving he's moving he's moving so don't trip out this last day. You got six, you got seven. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. And listen, when you wake up on the ninth, I dare you to wake up with the spirit of expectancy. I dare you to wake up looking around like where they... Because something coming. Wait. Let me check my email. Let me... Let me look in the mailbox. Hold on. Let me, let me keep my ringer on because I'm expecting... I'm expecting something to move. Hallelujah. Hear the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're moving, but man. Anybody beside me feel like this was just a different fast? Like it wasn't... A it wasn't the same. Like some of y'all been fasting your whole life, but this time it was like, what happened? What is it? I don't, and I'm, I'm going to talk to three of y'all in here because three of y'all, you doubted your salvation. You was like, wait a minute. No, I got the, you was questioning whether you got the Holy Ghost. You were like, wait a minute. What happened? I know I, God, I don't trip this early in the fast. What's going on? But I hear God saying, I'm taking you to a new level. And that's why, and that's why the enemy is intensifying his attack toward you because he knows that if you get on the other side of this thing
shall matter. It shall matter. All this month, thank you, God. Hallelujah. We're in the subject of all in. All in. All in. Everybody say all in. Okay, it's time out. Listen, time out for doing things partially. Let's talk honest just for a few moments, and then we can begin to live pretentious again. You neandered your way through 2017 and had good success without full effort. (laughs) All right, y'all going to act like the Holy Ghost don't talk? Listen, some of you, um, listen, some of you, you had, you had decent monochromes of success. And when you look at it, you wasn't even all in. Some of you were doing 50, 60, 70, and, and you were still coming out good. Am I in the house or is this, is this, for, is this for new beginnings or... or you know, Antioch or something. The reality is that if you, now I I just need you to develop your own praise in your spirit right now. Think of it like this because I, I feel like this is a prophetic moment. Think of all the success you garnered last year in comparison to the effort you put in last year. Because somebody about to praise him. Now think if you got that much success with that much effort, what kind of return are you going to get in 2018? If you finally make up your mind, I'm going to stop playing with it. I'm going to stop tripping. I'm going to stop putting my toe in and pulling it out. I'm going to stop playing and acting like I'm going to do it. I'm going to stop doing the double dutch with my life and actually... What will happen if you actually give full effort to the thing this year? Do I got anybody that's calculating in their mind? Is there anybody in there that's really thinking, like, if I really go all in this year, I'm about to blow up. If I go in all this year, I can mess around and pay this mortgage off early. If I go all in this year, I can get my whole family out this situation. If I go all in this year, I can graduate early. If I go all in this year, this Negro beating gave me a ring before Christmas. If I go all somebody shout all in in. and this is what we doing all month I I, I gotta get this in you I gotta get this in you because the Lord laid this on my spirit and said listen you see how much you succeeded say yes Lord you see how much you succeeded you see how much y'all got done yes Lord yes Lord y'all wasn't even going all in He, he laid this on my. He laid this on my plate. He said. He said, "Son, you ain't even all in." I said, "What you mean, though?" And throughout this month, we are going to unravel what it means to be all in. Because what I believe God for, I'm believing God that some supernatural things are getting ready to happen among this people. And it will be, watch this, it will be a direct response to the people saying, okay, I'm going to stop playing with it. 
Because some of y'all, see, here it is. I love, I love, I love it. Because some of y'all, y'all so good. You so professional. Come on, you, you, you so on. You got it. And you can, and you can come in and play that thing and still, listen, come on. You can, you, 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 you know the word. You know how to, I, I like the young people now. You know how to finesse. Come on, you just finesse that thing and folks be like, oh man, you're so anointed. You're so amazing. You're so great. But what if you actually fasted first? What if you actually prayed and sought the Lord first? What if you stop, watch this. What if you stop resting on your gifts and started resting on his grace? What if you started resting? Because see, some stuff you can do in your sleep. And see, some of us, I hear God saying it, I'm going to leave this alone. Uh, but some of us, we, we, we got we to go all in now so we don't get that Samuel anointing. So we don't, so, so, so we don't watch this, so we don't get that, that, that Samson anointing. The Bible says, while he's laying in the, uh, in the, in the fornicating, adulterous bed, he would get up and shake himself. And the Bible said, then the spirit of the Lord would fall upon him and he'd fight and do battle over and over again. And some of y'all, if you be honest, we have gotten out of our adulterous stuff. We've got up and we walked out of things that we know we shouldn't have been in. And God validated us and we thought we were good because, well, if he's still talking to me, if, if, I, if my prayers are still being answered, if he's still making a way, if he still blessed me, I must be good. But I come to tell somebody that this is not the year of getting by. This is the year of God saying you either going to be all in. Somebody just shout all in, all in, all in. This all I got all month. This all I got all month. We got some good stuff next month, and, and I, I'm excited about March because somebody's going to be preaching all month in March. I'm excited about that. But, but, but as the leader of this house, I just got to set this in order, and I got to let you know now, listen, you got to get all in. All in. I, I, I know I ain't got no poker players in here. I know I'm the only one. Uh, I'm the only one that plays poker. Amen. I'm the only one that, that watches the world championship. I'm the only one got a poker set at the house. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Y'all pray for me. Pray for me in my deliverance. I'm trying to go all in. Amen. Uh, uh, but but, but there, is, there is a strategic time in the poker game where when the player gets the right amount of cards, and, and, and the, the opponents think that they're on the ropes. And they have a certain amount of chips left. What they will do is they will push all their chips to the center of the table and they will say all in. Now everybody immediately goes to the pessimistic side and says they're going to lose all their money but what many of us don't understand is that if we look at it from a spiritual perspective now we're off the poker table now we're on the table of life many of us we don't go all in in our life because we feel like if we lose we're gonna lose but you seem to forget that you serve a God who's in you who can do everything but fail. And we still sitting here playing sissy chips. 
going to give him a little bit of my life this year. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stop eating this this year. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm going to lose weight this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm going to talk nicer to him this year. Amen, amen. Okay, okay. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut down to just two. She, just my main one and my side one this year. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to. Uh, Lord, Lord, I'm going to give you 5% of my income this year. I'm going to just give. Because we are afraid that if it doesn't pan out, at least I got something left. And that's why some of us have yet to see the full manifestation of everything God has declared over your life because you haven't gone all in. Because the other side of going all in is if you win, you get everything back in multiple. I give you this house. I'll I'll, I'll give you these opportunities. I'm going all in. I'm going all in. And I don't know who needs to hear this today, but I come to tell you in the name of Jesus, and I pray I get to my text at this moment, but I I just feel this in my spirit that if you just go all in with God this year, if you just say, God, I'm going to stop playing with it. I'm going to stop dropping you a few chips here and there. I'm going to stop dropping you a little bit of me here and there. But this year, I'm just going to go all in. The moment you do that, you are going to see divine responses in your life. You are going to see people watch this here. Here's what I love. Now, y'all, okay, I'm going to go back to poker just for a second. Watch this. When most of the time, if you're sitting at a good table, whenever somebody goes all in, folks start folding. Okay. Oh, my God. Ah. Ah. They start folding because they don't want it with you. They know that if you're going all in, you must got some cards that's going to take the pot. And so some of y'all, all these haters and all this stuff that opposition you gave, the moment you go all in, some folk just going to start. Some folk going to start folding. I ain't messing with her. I ain't, she's serious about her life. She's he, Oh, I declare, somebody going to see somebody fold this week. They're like, nah, I'm good, you know. I was thinking about it and... Um, I ain't even trying to mess up your life like that. You know, you got something good going for you. You know, I don't even want to mess you up like that. Go on, you know, do your thing. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, much success to you. You know, all right, all right. You know, my bad. I'm going to take my mouth off you. I ain't got nothing else to say about it. You know, I'm just, I'm going to go my way. You're going to go yours. We're going to be good. All right, God bless. They're going to start folding. Why? Because you made up in your mind, I'm about to go. I promise that's all I got. That's all I got. But I believe there's a couple of us that on the other side of this, we are going to see miracles. We are going to see signs and wonders like never before. Because remember the equation I gave you at the top, that if God has blessed me with this much and I only gave him that much, how much is he going to bless me with when I give him everything? How much is he going to bless me when I pray every day? All right, all right, all right. Give me, okay, okay, give me. Oh, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. I just, y'all, forgive me. I'm excited because I feel like somebody got the revelation. I feel like somebody has already made up in their mind. I feel like somebody's in their phone right now. Like, okay, listen, what we gonna do? I feel like somebody is ready to just push all their chips in. Like, listen, God, I'm about to. Okay, okay. All right. So, so the premise 
of every message we will preach this month. And I'm excited that at the end of the month, uh, when we get to our first fruit Sunday, and that's, that's a time where we just really just, just open our hearts and, and we open our resources and we bless God and we bless his work and we watch him bless us. Uh, uh, I'm excited that, that, that one of our apostolic elders, uh, Pastor Joseph Hunt from, from the Compass North Church in Akron, Ohio, uh, he's going to be with us at the end of the month. Amen. Any, anybody know Pastor Hunt? Yeah, that's my man. That's my man. He's going he gonna to be here. Uh, but listen. Uh, all this month, we're, we're just going to talk about what it means to go all in. Amen? Amen. And so in this first week, in this first week, we want to talk about being all in Christ. Being all in Christ. Listen, I got, I got, I got a little bit of content left. That was my introduction, okay? Uh, but we're going we're gonna to be done. We're going to be done very, very soon, I promise. It'll be quick and painless, I promise. Amen. Hopefully, in Jesus' name. Okay, so grab your Bibles. Go to Galatians. Paul's letter to the church at Galatia. Paul's letter to the church at Galatia. And when you get to Galatians, go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. And when you get to Galatians chapter 3, we want to go to the 23rd verse. Amen. And since it's the first Sunday of the year, and oh, man, I, I thank God for the legacy of my grandfather, the late Reverend Dr. Joseph Lee Jr. We'll talk more about him in a second, but uh, he would always say when we open the Bible, we open God's mouth. Amen. So we ought to be at attention to hear and receive what the Lord is saying. Galatians chapter 3, verse 23. You have it in your hand, on your phone, in your Bible, or even on the screens. It says, now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come and we no longer under a guardian, for in Christ Jesus, you all are sons of God through faith. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, having put on Christ. Here's the conclusion. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offsprings, heirs according to the promise. Whew, I'm excited there. All in Christ. All in. Be seated. Be seated. Be seated. We, we're going to get through this text. Uh, uh, here, the Apostle Paul is talking to the people at Galatia. And he has to make them aware of the realities of their faith in the context of who they've been, who they are now, and who they are to become in Christ. Be very careful that you don't talk to people in a way that is not indicative or appreciative or at least acceptable in the place that they are right now. Okay, let's make sense of it. Some parents, they're talking to their children 
in a manner that is too mature for them. But because you, here it is, uh, I'm not talking about tutoring and and teaching, but I'm talking about when you just begin to give them subject matters that are beyond their level of maturity. And we do so, why? Because that's the level that we're comfortable at. And this is why many of us lose relationships in our life and put people at a distance because we communicate to them on the basis of our comfort. Instead of communicating to them in a way that is indicative to where they are. Talk to me at my level. I don't mind you raising me to a greater level, but you can't raise me if you don't get me. And many of you are trying to are trying to raise people you ain't got. Okay, we're gonna push past that because I have no love in the room. Okay, uh, we are in a text where Paul understands that he's dealing with people who. Some have an understanding of Christ, but some, this is their very first introduction to Christianity or even Judaism for that matter. And he has to deal with them according to where they are, bring them, uh, uh, matter of fact, he has to reconcile where they've been. Bring them to where they are, or deal with them where they are, and give them vision for where they're going. If we want to be in, here it is, and we're going to see this in the text. And if, you, and if you're reading, especially my school of ministry students, they should see this right, right now in this text. In, in, this, in this complete passage, uh, you will see that he, re, he remarks where they've been. He declares where they are, and he also prophesies where they're going. If you're going to be all in, you need to have a full context. Do not abandon your testimony. Do not abandon where you've been. And sometimes we tend to abandon where we've been because we haven't been healed from where we've been. I'm not going to hang there. This is why we have this is why we have small groups at times. This is why we have smaller smaller times. This is why we have more than one pastoral leader in the church. That might be a conversation that you need to have with somebody that is spiritual reconciling where you've been because some of you you're being hindered in your present and you can't even see your future because you're still shrouded by where you've been but if you're gonna go all in you got to reconcile that stuff I understand what they did to you there is no excuse for it but if you're going to be better if you're gonna be all in you literally have to reconcile that You have to deal with that. You have to deal with that. But not only that, you have to be very sober and honest about where you are now. I understand you got a Gucci anointing. Come on, you got you got you got a Louis Vuitton grace. Come on, you 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 feel in your spirit that God has some beachfront property. Hallelujah. In the cards for you. And that's good, and, 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 and that should be on the horizon, but the question is, where are you now? 
And if you don't soberly, here it is. Oh, I hear you, God. If you don't soberly manage where you are now, some of us will hinder and even destroy the very promise that God has on the other side. Because you're so busy wanting the flaws now, you won't have anything to embrace later. Because, see, there comes a time where we wear certain things to gain status. But then, I promise you, there's going to be a time because I, I've walked around them and I, and I live around them and I see them. And now I'm starting to acquiesce to what they do. That when you get to a certain place where you got it, you don't need it anymore. When you're at a place where you can go buy a Toyota Cash. I can finance this Mercedes. But what I'll put down and what I'll pay, I, I, I'll just go into that account and just pay this Camry off. Okay, I'm not, okay, I'm not getting into your money. I'm not getting your money now. I'm not getting your money now. All, all I'm saying is, is that we have, to, we have to understand and properly contextualize where we are now. I have a lot of things that I want. I promise you, my wife knows that I have it in my queue. I, I have a lot of stuff in my cart. And I'm, come on, all right. I'm the only one that puts stuff in their cart and like, okay, no, we're going to save it for later. Okay, no, I'm going to put that one on the wish list. Come on. I, come on, my, I got like 10 wish lists. That's for the church. That's for me. That's for the kids. That's. But where I am now, and once, once I have a good context of where I am now, then I can forecast where I'm going in the future. Let's, let's, let's walk through this text quickly. He says, he says uh, now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith, uh, or till the, the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. All right, that is, that is what, what was happening previously. Now, I'm not trying to throw a whole bunch of Greek at you, but when he says guardian there, uh, that, that's somewhat of a weak translation. When, when, you, when, when you look at it in the Greek, uh, uh, th there is a word there that you have to live up. It's, 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 it's pedagogos. Pedagogos. Now, now this, this Greek word, and, and that would be the last Greek I give you today, amen, this, this pedagogos is, uh, is something that we have to look into because when we lift that up, when, or when Paul, watch this, is talking to Grecian people, when, when we, he's talking to Galatians, he's talking to Roman people, he's talking to people who are accustomed to a certain uh, cultural standard. And the Greeks and the Romans, the, the, the higher echelons uh, that, that he was talking to in this point in time, when they, when they had their children, they felt as if they were at a place to where they did not need to take care of them because they could afford to pay people to do so. Amen. Now, now don't get mad at these people because some of y'all, as soon as you get a nanny, you're like, okay, okay, baby, all right. But they would have a wet nurse at the beginning, because, you know, they, they, didn't, they didn't want to change. They look. I don't know. I'm not going to let them, you know, hang on me and suck on me. No. I can afford a wet nurse. You nurse my children. 
But then after the wet nurse, then, then they, they, they came out of the, the, the nursing stage. Then they would, they, they, would, they would fire the wet nurse. Thank you. They would dismiss them from service. And then they would hire the nanny. And the nanny would take care of them throughout uh, their, 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 their period of, let's see, where, where they were toddlers all the way up to their adolescence. Now, after they dismissed the wet nurse and after they dismissed the nanny, they would hire a pedagogos. Now, the pedagogos was most of the times a male. And most of the time, we're, we're, talk, we're talking about Greek culture. Most of the time, a male, and most of the time, watch this, they were strict disciplinarians. And, and, and this point in time, especially over, and I feel God pushed me to say this, especially over the men, especially over the teen, the preteen and teen adolescents, the pedagogos would would, would literally be the guardian or the warden of that child, of that, that young person. They're, they're, they're not, a, not a boy, but they're not yet a man. They're in that, they're, they're in that, that middle age. Now, now, you can study this even in world history, not just in the Bible. Uh, in, in, in these times, in, in the Roman Grecian time, what would happen is they would, they would allow the wards or these young men to go out and they would engage in life. Now, remember, because their parents, they're socialized themselves. So their parents, they have their own calendar. I'm, I'm going to say something to somebody. The parents had their own calendar, and the children had their own calendar, and they did not mind the children, nor did they discipline them because they hired a pedagogos. And the pedagogos would be the one to keep watch over them so they didn't lose their mind. There are many accounts of when, when the young wards would go to the bathhouses. At that point in time, everybody didn't have a bath in their home. And even those that, that were up echelons, that was just that was this technology that wasn't in the home already. And so many of them would go to go to communal bathhouses. And they would go to the bathhouses, and there would be older homosexual men who would want to try to engage the young boys. And so they had to have a pedagogos that it, whenever somebody tried to touch, harm, or deal with that young boy, they would take out their stick and grab the boy and pull him and probably hit him once too. Don't do that. And keep them. And, and every time they went into a place where it seemed as if they were going to harm themselves or harm somebody else or bring, watch this, or bring disfavor or dishonor to their parents' name. I'm pushing. I'm pushing. I promise, baby. Uh, uh, they, they, would, they would use the pedagogos to discipline them. So Paul says, in order for you to understand why things are going on, because, because some people are trying to reconcile, what, what, is, what was all this crazy stuff in the Old Testament? Why did God just open the earth and kill folk? Why was it like all these, all these laws and, and all, these, all, all these commandments? What was all of this for? Paul says, because God had something in store for you, the law worked as your pedagogos. And this is why many of us, if we be honest, 
We have been, because I'm only talking to the called people now. I'm only talking to the folk that say and that got some Jesus in them. Some of you, if you be honest, at certain points in time, because you tried to abandon the grace of God, you got beat upside your head with life. And the reality was, it wasn't life, it was the law. It was the pedagogos of God. And if we be honest, some things that could have taken us. Now, here, I, I need to talk to some, some folk that have a real testimony and, that, and that, are not, that are not scared or bashful to share it. Some of us, watch this, we should be way worse off than we are now. But because the pedagogos, the law of the Lord, was able to... T you know better than that. And it pulled us back. Do not underestimate the law. Because while, yes, we are not living in that dispensation anymore, the reality is, here it is, can, can, I, can I talk eschatologically for a second? Now, uh, from, from an eschatological perspective, everybody that, that does not or that has not received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they're still living under the law. Even though we're in this, as we say, dispensation of grace, if you have not embraced Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are still living under the law. Can I go deeper for a second? And any time after your regeneration that you decide to go out of the manner of God and you live a life that is contrary to your confession, you are subject to the pedagogos again. And this is why Jesus says, I'm married to the backslider. I'm married to the one who goes out. And because I love them so much, I'll send the law. I'll send the pedagogos to go and beat them back into the, into the house where they are supposed to be. He says, that's how it was. That's how it was. That's how it was. But look at verse 25 now. Can, and, and before I leave this, can anybody just thank God for the pedagogos? I know, I'm not, I, I know we ain't, I know, I know we, we're a new, we're a millennial church and we like, no, nah, you know, it ain't about all these laws and rules and regulations, but somebody ought to thank God for some stuff. You see, you see, because watch this, uh, uh, I, 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 I'll tell people this all the time. Uh, we, we may, we may have things happen to us, but we ought to thank God that that happened and the other thing didn't happen. My God, I. So, so. Verse 25, we're almost out of here. He says, but now that faith has come. He's dealing with us. He's dealing with the present now. We are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ, you all are sons of God through faith. For as many as you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male, no female, for you all are one in Christ Jesus. We all in one in Christ Jesus. Now, let's deal with the present context. Let's deal with the present context. He says, he says that, what, that what happened, that what was going on before we got into Christ. But now that we are in Christ, you don't need the pedagogos any longer. 
Now, some of you are like, nah, but I, you know, and when I think about me, though, and this is where the all-in comes. Let's, let's deal with this because we, we have to understand that the reason why we are no longer, and, and let me just deal with this quickly because, because you, have, you have people like the deacon Nicholas uh, who, who, was, who was ordained as a deacon in, in Acts chapter 6 and who was, who was supposedly filled with the Holy Ghost, but who takes this doctrine of faith and grace and who abuses it and begins to live a life that says I can do whatever I want and I have carte blanche because I got faith and I have grace. I'm not under the law. I, I'm not under the guardian anymore. Ain't nobody finna beat me up, my, up, up against my head because I got God and all I got to do is get under my grace umbrella and I can do whatever I want. All I got to do is play my faith card and I can go wherever I want to go. All I have to do is play my grace card and it can be whatever I want to be and you can't say nothing to me. Come on, y'all. Okay. All right. All right. Come on. Come on. You, 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 you've seen those type of people. Come on. They got the only God can judge me type scenario. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I got grace. I'm covered. I'm covered. But the reality is, is that once the grace of God, once the faith of God, once Christ, the Messiah, the Christon, once he is manifested into our life, we then have to change. This is why we're talking about being in Christ. Here it is. Because there are many people who, are, who, who have embraced salvation, who have drunk of the cup of salvation, but who have not taken on the yoke of Christ. This is why Jesus has to say, wait a minute, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. You got you to gotta be in Christ. This is why we're everybody say all in, all in. This is why we got to be all in because the truth of the matter is, this is why some of us are still not seeing God manifest in our life because we got one foot in the church and another foot in the world. We got one foot in our future and another foot in our past. And God is saying, I can't move you until you be all. So he says, he says that, that, but, but, but now faith has come and we are no longer the guardian uh, for in Christ, we are all sons of God through faith. Listen to this. Listen to this. When he says that we are sons of God through faith, I need you to understand this. When God calls us sons of God, that is not a gender specific title. When he calls us the sons of God, literally what he's saying, we are in the line of Christ. In the beginning of the Gospels, listen, he is called the only begotten. But when we get to the apostolic writings, he is called the firstborn. Did anybody... Did anybody see that transition? When, when, before the church age, when it was just the gospel and it was just Jesus, John calls him the only begotten son of the father. But by the time Jesus preaches the kingdom and he gives them revelation of why he really came on the other side of Calvary and his ascension, then Paul has a revelation and he says, wait a minute, he was the firstborn of many brethren. And because of that we have to understand that there is a Christ or an anointing on our life. There is a messianic calling that every one of us have. 
And if we don't acquiesce to that grace, to that anointing, we are not living as the sons of God. You have to now be like Christ. Because he's your big brother. Oh, my goodness, my, my, my son, my son, my, 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 my eldest son, he's getting ready to go to college, and he's trying to leave us. Y'all pray for me. He's trying, to, he's trying to get on a plane and go away from us, and that's all right. That's okay. I'm, I'm going to find him. Uh, the reality is, is, that, is that ever since 2009, he's had a little brother that has watched him. And now, even to this day, Joey wants to do everything Keon does. Oh, y'all think I'm joking? When Keon got a flat top, daddy, daddy, can I have a flat top? When, when, when Keon put on his suit and he, he got his button up and he looked good, daddy, 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 can I? Can I have a suit? When Keon started listening to John P. Key just this morning, and you know how kids do because they got their headphones in the car. Keon! Keon! Like we in the car, son. I'm listening to John P. Key. Because he wants to emulate his big brother. And too many of us have classified Christ as our perfect propitiation, but not classified him as our excellent example. Ah, I told you I've been in my lesson. I promise I have. Listen, too many of us, we're like, oh, thank you, Jesus, for what you did. I'm so glad. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. But we're like, I'm not going to do it, though. He did it. Thank you. So glad. I appreciate you. Thanks. I'm going to live this grace out now. Give me some more later. Okay, I love you. Bye. But no. No, Paul says, Paul says now you become the sons of God. And if you are the sons of God, then you have one agenda on earth. The son of God, when he came to earth, he said, I did not come to do my own will. But I came to do the will of the father. I, I, I need to talk to some sons right here. The reality is the only way you are going to see God move in your life like you want him to is that you make a decision that I'm not here for my own, but I'm here to do the will of the father. I'm here to do the will of the father. I'm here to honor the father. I'm here to emulate my big brother. You ever notice why it says God the father? God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, he came, watch this, he identified himself and he was born just like us. He submitted himself to the issues of life just like us. He dealt with the life circumstances just like us to give us an example of how we should live our lives. If, I, if, if you don't get anything else here, we have to start living like Jesus. I know that seems like an abstract concept, but the reality is, is that you have the ability to do so. Because the same Holy Ghost that's in you is the same Holy Ghost that was in Jesus. Paul said the same, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will quicken your mortal bodies. And if you think that Jesus never had to go through, just remember Gethsemane, where he wrestled with his humanity. And he says, Lord, you know, Father, uh, 
you know, he got that Tommy spirit, arah, arah. If it be your will, let this cup pass from me. And here it is. You're not less Christian. You're not less Christ-like if you doubt where you are. The thing that really causes you to become the son of God that God has called you to be is when you over, watch this, you overcome your doubt. And you go right into the thing that you are afraid of, knowing that God is going to keep you to the other side. Can I help you? God is not afraid of your dysfunction. Anybody hear me? God is not afraid of your dysfunction. What worries God is that you try to hide it from him like it doesn't exist. He knows what you're struggling with. He knows what you're going through. And when we present all sides of ourselves to him, then we can say we're all in. Notice what Jesus said. He didn't say, oh, Father, I shall, I shall ascend to Calvary. And it shall be well, and I shall redeem mankind. No, he even tells his disciples, the one he loved, he said, y'all, listen, I'm tripping. That's the James Taylor version. He, said, he, he, said, he says, I'm grieving, and, and I'm going through some stuff right now. I know, I know what God called me to do, but I know how I feel. Is there anybody in here that you not doubt what God called you to do, but what you're wrestling with is where you're at right now? I know what he called me to do. I know what I got to do. I know where I got to be, but I'm trying to figure out how can I get it done right now. And that's okay. Give it to him. Be all in. Lord, I'm giving this to you. I'm putting this all on your table. He says, that's, that's how we begin to be the sons of God through faith. Verse 27, he says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. Here it is. Baptism is not just a sign. It's not just a soul. It is an indication of what's going on on the inside of you. I have some people say, well, why, why, why do some people get baptized a couple of times? Because sometimes they didn't mean it. You know, I, I, I remember, the, you know, the first time I got baptized, I got baptized because Brandy and Christina was getting baptized. I mean, you got to be old school, Heavenly Vision, to know who Brandy and Christina is, you know what I mean? Christina Woods, you know, praise the Lord, my God, amen. I mean, you know, seven, I mean, you, you five, I mean, all you want is Christina, praise the Lord. She can sing, you know. You a doorkeeper, you know, Brandy, I mean, that's Sister Boone's daughter. I mean, you know, she a prize. I know I'm seven, but I want her. She'll be my wife. Just give me 10 more years. So I'm jumping. Oh, you getting baptized? Me too, Grandpa. But he says, he says we, we, when we were baptized, here's the reality. When we were baptized into Christ, we, here's the reality of baptism. Listen to this. We put on Christ. So it's as if. On the other side of baptism, we now, watch this, for our immediate context, have to be Christ for the people that he's called us to. What? This is why Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you have to deny yourself and take up your cross. Wait a minute. I thought you were the Savior. I thought you were the one going to Calvary. Yes, I am. But there's some folk you got to save too. I'm saving everybody's souls, but there's some lives you got to save. Oh, did y'all miss that? 
He said, I, 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 I am the big brother, but there's some stuff that you, little brother, you, little sister, you got to do like me. You got to go the same way that I went. And some of us, we, are, we have yet to go all in because we know on the other side of pushing those chips in, there's a cross. Come on, we're my old school church. Must Jesus bear this cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone, one for you and one for me. So we didn't have to put on Christ. And when we put on Christ, here is the reality. On the other side of putting on Christ, we will then be veiled. I'm pushing now. And the reason why some of us won't put on Christ is because we're too vain. We're too prideful. And we know that if we put on Christ, then he gets the glory. And so there's some things that we're able to do in our power that God empowered us to do, but we'll do it in our power so that we can get the kudos. But I believe there are a few of us that say, listen, I'm all in this time. God, I'm going to do it for your sake. I'm not going to do it under the lights. I'm going to do it wherever you tell me to do it. And I, as long as you get the glory, I'm going to put on Christ. I'm going to move. I'm going to move so I don't offend. Uh, but then he goes on to say, and this is deep here, and we're going to deal with this more in February. He says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you all are one in Christ. All in Christ Jesus. Here it is. If we're going to go all in, we have to. We have to. Now, from now on, listen to me, people of God. I know this might be the hardest thing to do all year. This might be the thing we struggle with all year, but I promise you, if you get it, we're going to be all in. We have to release the boundaries. We have to release. The, I, the isolation. We have, we have to release the classism. Somebody asked me, why, 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 why is Sunday, as Dr. King said, the most segregated day of the week? We can work together. We can live in the same neighborhoods. But when Sunday comes, we all go get in our cars and go to our own place. Because we still Jew. We still Greek. We still male. We still female. We still free and slave. But he says, if you're going to be all in, you have to arrive at the place in your life where you say, God, I want to embrace a brand new identity. And this brand new identity causes me not to have a preference. Come on in here, because I'm, I'm, I'm praying, because I feel like God is getting ready to lay on somebody, and God is getting ready to anoint somebody to do some great work. And the first thing God is going to do to you, to, in order to vet your work and to vet your anointing, he's going to send you to minister to folk you can't stand. Oh, you, you all in? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Go minister to them. You're going to be in a small group with them. You're going to disciple them. They got a need that you're going to have to meet. Why? Because he wants to break down division. Paul says to the Galatian church, he says, if we're going to be the, the church that God has called, if we're going to be all in, we cannot divide ourselves. Now notice this. If we divide it in this, in this one local fellowship, what do you think the body of Christ is? This is why, watch this, on, on any given subject, you have the church on both sides. 
You got preachers that's saying, yeah, we should do it. You got other preachers saying, oh, God forbid. Because we're still divided. Because we still preach and teach and, watch this, and we still live out our Christian experience through the lenses of our race, of our class, of our socioeconomic status, of our sexual orientation. Oh, my God. Of our experience, of our preference, of our bias. And this is why we didn't put so many people in hell. Come on, okay, I'm... Oh, it's only me, right? Okay, no, okay, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is why, this is why some of you are, are going to be, if you make it, you're going to be very, you're going to be very uh, shocked to see some folk that you put all the way in hell with gasoline draws on, walking around with a wings and a heart. How do you care? You too? Paul says, we got we to gotta, we gotta release those, and I'm not going to push hard in that. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just setting the basis for what we're going to be talking about for the next couple of months. But in the future, verse 29, and I'm going to leave you. He says, and if you are Christ, notice what he says. I like how he says, if you are Christ, because your life will determine if you're his or not. Everybody can profess, and, and, and Jesus, Jesus in the Gospels, he says, yeah, you know, when the end comes, there's going to be a couple of them come to be like, Lord, Lord, it's me. You know, the one who prophesied and prayed in your name and cast out demons, I perform miracles, and he's going to say, depart from me. He called him a worker of iniquity. He said, I don't know you. Now, notice this, because I don't, I don't want anybody to leave here with the wrong understanding. Iniquity does not mean nasty stuff. Iniquity means you did it in your humanity and not his divinity. Iniquity simply means that you tried to do something heavenly with earthly methods. I don't know you because you didn't use my tools. You didn't get my card. You didn't come to the meeting. You You didn't get branded. You didn't drink the water. You didn't go down in the watery grave and come back up. He says, but if you are Christ, if, if you are the ones who have, who have decided to put on Christ, if you are the ones who have decided to, 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 lead, to let your light shine, to let your life lead you according to the Spirit of God, he says, this is, this is what is due to you. He says, I need you to hear this. Then you are Abraham's offspring. What? I'm black, though. I'm not a Jew. I came from Mississippi. He says, I need you to know that you are Abraham's offspring. I'm finished now. Somebody got to get excited because you got to go. You got to go all in this. So you are like, Lord, I'm serious. And he says, and since you're his offspring, you are heirs according to the promise. There are some things that you've been striving to get your whole life. But the moment you walk in your sonship, 
The moment you recognize that you are a son, the moment you recognize that you are a daughter, the moment you recognize that you don't have to fight for stuff that was already put in your trust fund. You don't have to give yourself to people to give you something that your father already intended for you to have when you arose to a level of maturity. My God, some of us are giving ourselves away only to find that there are things in our trust. There are things in our inheritance that are laid up for us. And he's just waiting for us to go. I'm getting ready to pray with you. There are promises. I'm not trying to geek you up. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make, you, make you feel uh, like you're about to get a Benz tomorrow. But I need you to know there are promises that are laid up for you. Uh, I remember I was talking to we, we, a couple of friends of mine. And I, I, have, uh, I, I have this book right now uh, that, that, that talks about uh, the Jewish culture and why, why they're always wealthy. I asked somebody, yeah, have you ever seen a, 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 a broke Jew? I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to think right now. They were like, no, I don't know. I, I don't know. Now, here's, here's the reality. Here's the reality. Because they live according to the Abrahamic promise that declared, as long as you live, I will bless you, says the Lord. And many of us, we've been taught in this church culture, give so he can bless you. Uh-oh. I'm about to lose my friends. Sow this seed so he can bless you. Come on, get your, get your miracle seed in your hand. Come on, if you come to choir rehearsal every week, come on, if you, if you sing this song, if you do this, if you do everything the bishop tell you to do, if you, if you walk in line, then God, God going to bless you. No, I'm telling you, just rise up and be a son, and you will live in blessedness. Just, just wake up one morning and put yourself all in, and you'll start walking to the place to where the word of God says blessings will chase you down and overtake you, and you ain't even got to give a seed. All in, all in, all in, all in. We're going to talk more this month. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for giving us understanding of where we've been. Allowing us to reconcile where we've been. Allowing us to understand where we are right now. And God, I thank you so much for honoring us with the, with the privilege of being joint heirs with Christ and being heirs of the promise, the promise that you gave Abraham centuries ago. And so, Father, I pray right now that we will no longer live as peasants. We will no longer live, Father God, outside of your sonship, but that we will go all in this year. We will live for you. God, I thank you that there are going to be some things we won't even need to ask for this year because they will be granted to us because of our sonship. So, Father God, allow us to live in the promise. Allow us to live all in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.